Hey guys, it's Andres Fuentes here doing another episode of the uh, Hummingbird Recordings. I'm joined again with Lauren Lewis. Uh, Lauren, how's it been? I know you've been traveling a lot, specifically some of the areas hit more than a month ago now by those nasty storms and tornadoes. It's been pretty okay, despite um, just driving and seeing the damage that it the storms have done to the trees. And um, I'm from the Delta, and I've been having to drive back a lot and to see, like, my home like that and damaged and just torn up. Uh, it really puts a damper on things when you're, you know, riding through, like, a beautiful field and you see, like, trees split in half. Right. And, you know, I know this type of work isn't anything new for you. You've been there pretty much the whole month. Like you said, tell me, have things gotten any better? Have things been getting cleaned up a little bit? So I started my emergency response work um, by joining the Mississippi Rapid Response Committee um, hub. Uh, Yahit is a member of that uh, committee. And we had lots of things stored up in our warehouse, leftover like donations, soaps, hand sanitizers, um, blankets that we've gotten uh, over the years. And we just decided uh, to get me the organizer and find volunteers um, to go and hand these things out. So yeah, Rolling Fork was the first place that was hit yesterday though I went all the way to Aberdeen, Mississippi, which is right on the Alabama-Mississippi border. Mm -hmm. uh, now, these storms are going to, like, progressively get worse because um, me and Jess, our director of finance and operations, have been researching uh, over environmental justice because I am trying to focus more on environmental justice as opposed to healing justice. Um, but you can incorporate the two when you take things to la gente or the people in, you know, this, the communities because they're really, really disheartened. So I, I was proposing care packages um, filled with like little incense or teas that people could use or just drink um, convenient things like that, things to smell, like break open and smell. And, and, um, when I, I began talking about me and Jess researching, we researched why these storms are happening like every week, every other week, um, all over Mississippi. And it's because we, the South is now Tornado Valley. And I probably mentioned this before, but it, it's something that we definitely have to prepare for because one, in Jackson, we have to deal with the One Lake Project. Um, that's another environmental issue that we're tackling at Yahe. We're part of the Mississippi for a Green New Deal hub. And the One Lake project is being proposed and actually is passing um, in Jackson. And that's going to cause a lot of flooding in our communities, in, in our office. And it's just a lot at the same time going on. And, you know, for you, what is it like just being a young organizer, a young leader in the community and, and seeing your state change so much environmentally and, and be the center of, of so much 
environmentally, a lot of that being negative, you know, with the water crisis over there in Jackson that happened a year ago. And then, you know, while we're here talking, you know, the, the month, uh, a month ago from now, uh, all those storms that really wreaked a lot of havoc. Uh, it's, it's scary. It's terrifying to me. I was really worried about it because right when the rolling fork tornado hit, um, we were feeling it in Jackson too. We were getting these really bad thunderstorms, um, but it wasn't near as like c- catastrophic as it was in rolling fork. Um, we went literally the next week to respond and there were just um, like almost 50 police cards lined on each side of the highway. Um, highway 60, I believe it was when we went to to bring all these bins of diapers to them. So it, it, it's really scary because first of all, we're the new tornado Valley, like growing up in Greenville, Mississippi, where I'm from, uh, we had tornadoes all the time. And especially when we would travel from Greenville to Memphis, those dirt roads that are empty, we would like always catch one like behind us actually one time. And um, we, we, we did a lot of driving traveling. And so if you're a Mississippian, you know that Mississippians drive a lot. Um, and especially since we don't have sidewalks in, ja- in a lot of areas in Jackson, it's not a walkable city. We got to drive around. Uh, that's like one of the only methods of transportation for, for poor people, for brown and black people here in Jackson, this, this capital city. So it, yeah, as a young organizer, I'm just trying to stay positive, but it's really hard when all the legislation is like against environmental protection and against reproductive justice and, you know, just wants to oppress my community. And then, you know, to, to add to that plate of difficulty, you're also dealing in, in some or if not most cases with language barriers, with culture barriers. Um, some communities might speak a certain way, act a certain way. What is that like also trying to deliver aid or some sort of help to people who might not speak like you and I are speaking right now? With the language barriers, it is definitely not as much as a, as a problem for me, but when people are asking for resources and um, like just information that they can't get online or they'll receive like mail that says boil notice and they won't, they don't know what it means because they can't read in English. The, the majority of the community that we come across um, that, that visits our building speak Spanish. So it, it's really hard, um, especially because there's been an influx of Hondurans, Guatemalans, in central Mississippi, their mother tongue is usually an indigenous uh, dialect. Um, so we, we're we trying to like maneuver. We, we started by making IDs so that these people, our members can, you know, get access to things like disability or just uh, go into clinics or get uh, like a bill paid, you know, and it's working the the ids are being accepted but it's all at the discretion of who you're showing the id to because an id is only a confirmation of of you know who the person is in front of you that that's all it really is so in reality 
<laughs> no one really needs IDs, but because our country is like so like inf enforcing of like, um, you know, uh, immigration laws, things like that, the people like really came in, like there was an influx of people, Guatemalans and Hondurans coming to our office asking, we need IDs, can we get them? They're working, this is a great program. Um, along with the water situation, lots of people didn't know about the water situation and still don't know. But thanks to our WhatsApp group chats, things like that, we can spread the word out more evenly across the state. Gotcha. And, you know, for anybody who wants to get involved or help, you know, I ask this every time, how can people get involved? What can people do at home? So the best thing that people can do is email us at info at yahemms. That's info at iajems.org. Um, if you want to volunteer, if you want to come see our building just to visit, or if you want to get an ID or just see what type of trainings we're offering, email us or follow us on Instagram. That's Yahit of MS, I-A-J-E of MS. You can send us a DM and I'll check it. Perfect. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Lauren. And uh, we'll keep back, back in touch with you soon about all the other stuff that you guys are involved with. Okay. Thanks.